Hello, and welcome to the STEM Untapped podcast series. We are delighted that you could join us. Research from Microsoft reveals that having a role model was one of the most effective ways to prevent girls falling out of love with STEM subjects. As all partners at Untapped are female scientists, and many of our clients and associates are female scientists, we felt that we had a unique opportunity to match students with a variety of role models of their choice. This way, students can ask the questions that are most important to them, allowing them to gain access into a diverse array of different STEM careers. In this podcast episode, our next students will interview Yeshin, who's a play expert and futurist. Her day-to-day work involves a range of subjects, such as technology, psychology, anthropology, sociology and design. She has worked with amazing companies such as Lego, Hasbro and of course Untapped to create meaningful experiences through play. We really hope you enjoy this podcast as much as we did. How would you describe yourself in your career? It's been a very interesting journey. I have to say it's a roller coaster, especially leaving your country to follow your dream. So I kind of feel like I'm in this amusement park and, you know, enjoying it and sometimes being super scared and sometimes being very much confident about it. But it's been almost like a journey, really a, a very long journey. And I think it's a it's a forever journey, but I was always in love with the subject very much, especially, I mean, really, I, I wanted to, to be a toy designer and a designer and, you know, anything got to do with around that. I really wanted to do that. So I'm very passionate. That's what I would say. What would you say is the most rewarding part of your career? It's a great question, by the way. <laughs> I think it's uh, when you find yourself connecting with people, really, in almost like very deeply, that's the most rewarding part. Like when you know that you kind of helped them and supported them, I think that's the part which I feel the most joy. And I had seen that so many times in completely different contexts. But I really enjoyed that time, like really touching them. Did you always want to pursue this career? And if not, how did you come to choose this path? I always want to stay as a child. So I think I became a professional child. So that's how I would say it. Uh, I, I, I don't think I can imagine myself in any other role. It did change. It transitioned to different parts of it. But I think I always want to be in this title, I would say. So we did do a bit of research before coming up with these questions and we saw that you described yourself as an optimist. So have you always been an optimist or has your career changed your view on life and your perspective? I like to find the positivity in everything, I would say, in even in the horrible context. I do have my downtime, definitely, but I really want to bring joy to people. I'm a serious person. It's not like I'm very much like um, lighthearted or, you know, I'm not like that that much. Um, I'm quite serious, but I want to keep my optimism and I want to find possibilities, opportunities. And I think with the optimistic way, you can find them. You describe yourself as a professional child. How would you sort of elaborate on this? Like, what does that mean? One day I was thinking, seriously, this is like a year or two years ago I, I came up with this. I was like thinking, what am I really? Why did I want to be a play? Like, seriously, I was going back to Turkey. So I'm Turkish and I'm on this plane and I'm like really, really thinking, how can I actually name myself? And I'm like, 
I always want to be like a child. I love this curiosity and wonder, and they always love finding joy in different things. And they are very much persevere. You know, they they would try and try, and they they will try to make something at the end work, and they master their things. So I was like thinking, I always want to have this curiosity in me, and I never wanted to let it go. So I said, okay, this is this is me. This is I'm I'm doing this as a professional. So this is how I would say. I'm a professional child. You mentioned that you worked for Lego and Hasbro before COVID. What was your typical day entail? I've been working on my own for the last ten years, so I was already working from home most of the time, and that meant that I was doing all the research, talking with people all around the world, and making connections, and sometimes doing research on my own. So that didn't change too much. The only thing that really did change is. Some of my clients are far away, and they would like to have, you know, in-person meetings and workshops. And that kind of, unfortunately, that disappeared. I think you just answered my next question. I was going to ask, has COVID affected the way that you work or research? I think it's actually.、Uh, I mean, there are positive parts of it. What I can add to it is, you know, everything became much more digital, and everybody was more open to connect. Before, you know, you would go and meet them. It became a bit easier, you know, less travel. For that reason, I kind of enjoyed some of the parts, like the conferences. Some of the conferences became all online before you wouldn't be able to go. Now you can actually see them in your house. So that's quite amazing. You know, it's a huge richness actually of availability of all this research and doing things that you wouldn't be able to afford to do it with time. So it kind of helped, but of course there are so many downsides of it also. What would you say is your proudest design that you've made in your career? My proudest design is—I mean, I have two. I'm more proud each day now as the play workshops which I've been designing and developing, and it's been ten years. And I think it was at the beginning it was really risky because I said I'm going to talk about play and innovation and how they relate with each other. And I gave the first speech in front of all the high-level innovation leaders in the world. And I was like thinking while I was giving the speech, who am I? And I, what am I saying right now? And it was very new at the time. So I would say I'm proud of that. And then the second one is I did design at Hasbro, and unfortunately. There is none of them in the market because it was very much highly confidential project. But I designed learning platforms, and it was digital and physical converged kind of project, and it was really amazing. I got inspired from that and ended up doing this what I'm doing now with the play workshops and understanding play in general. Have there been any funny or overwhelming experiences that you've gone through in your career, and how did you deal with them? I had really, really down times. One of them was the first time I was at Lego. I was working for them. I wasn't permanent, and I want to be permanent. But unfortunately, they were going through an organization structure change, and they said they won't have a place for me. And it was super devastating. I have to admit because it meant that I won't be able to stay in Europe since I was Turkish. I was under a Turkish visa. That meant that I have to go back to Turkey where there was no tour industry, and so I had so many things that I would lose after working so much for. I mean, I really did work for it, so I was devastated. But on the other side, I did find a way. Of staying in Denmark because I said, okay, I will go to the student visa then. So you always try to find a way when you really, really want to do something. You are so obsessed with the whole idea. Maybe obsession is not a good word, but 
when you really want to do something, you find a way. I found my way around. I, I was seriously literally saying that if they don't let me from the front door, <laughs> I will choose the chimney then. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that was my that was my way. I didn't leave any place that they would I will be refused completely. Yeah. So then I found Hasbro. I'm sorry, I don't have any funny ones, sadly. That's okay. That's okay, yeah. You mentioned you've worked in a couple of different countries. Which one was your favorite place that you've worked? Well, my longest country is here, so I guess I am really enjoying it. I loved New York for so many different reasons. First of all, it was my first country to be away from Turkey, and it was so cosmopolitan. It was so inspiring and very, very energetic. And I fell in love with this whole excitement of the city itself. So I would probably say New York was my favorite. And I was young at the time, also in my 20s. So it was a really great time to be there. Um, so I'm going to quote you now. You said, if you stop playing, not only will we lose the connection to others, but the connection to ourselves. So would you say that you play in your everyday life and how would you incorporate play into your adult personal life? I do play, yes. I'm, I, I love playing. And how do I play? So one thing, every morning I do wake up at 5.30 to go and swim in Thames in the mm. cold water. So that's my really most important play. And I play this with my other companions, which is a couple of other ladies that we go very early in the morning and was this morning, we were swimming among 20 or 30 different swans. I'm so glad they didn't attack us, but it was our adventure. And uh, what I love about it is I love looking at the nature and learning about it and being part of it. And I think you connect to everything that makes makes it the harmony and everything about it. I, I, just, I, I just love it. And also, if I'm not swimming, I'm probably rowing or I'm walking around. So it's kind of like um, I have to be by the water. So that's my play. If I could have shown my desk, you would see there are so many paints, different kind of watercolor brushes, spinning tops, blinky. <laughs> I have so many playful objects all around me all the time. I have a small bouncy ball. So yeah, I'm constantly playing. I love drawing and I love reading as well. So I have a library full of different books and I get inspired every day. So it's a constant thing for me, yes. Would you say that being a woman yourself has impacted your career in any way? I actually never thought about that that much. But I'm sure it does. It gives some of the power in some ways. You try to be much more understanding. You know, you do use your empathy and some kind of more softness of understanding different things. I think that kind of gives you that power in a way. But I have to admit, I never thought about what I'm doing from the perspective of I'm doing it as a woman. You know what I mean? If I was a woman or a man or any, of any, or any other identity, it doesn't matter. I would do it anyway. But I think sometimes there are some struggles that might come with it, which is, you know, the expectations of people, especially from Turkey. So, you know, you would expect you to get married, have children and, you know, pursue to, I mean, you can still pursue on your career, but there are things that is not expected as much. And that is kind of sometimes a struggle, I would say. But that doesn't mean that. I, I think it's a very different concept. But yes, in the world, there are so many expectations, which makes it a bit harder sometimes. But 
I think you just have to stick with what you love because the rest is so many mini details that they make so many chattery around that you have to close your ears to it. Are there a lot of women in your industry? Yes, actually, I have to say there are a lot because most of us, maybe it's just because it's the children and it's more play and it's kind of like a toy industry is a little bit different because toy industry, I would say it's half and half because it's at the end of the day, it's a business, it's an industry that is actually making a lot of, you know, revenue and all of that. So it's a serious business. But I think as an expert and being interested in facilitating play, in different contexts, yes, you would say a lot of women is there, but there are also a lot of men at the same time. But it's, I think it's a very interesting area. It's more playful, so it makes it easier to communicate with each other. So you mentioned that every morning you swim in the Thames. Are there any other ways you obtain like a healthy work-life balance? Journaling helps a lot. I do try to connect with people and have fun with them. You know, socializing is really important at the end of the day. And also having, you know, different diverse group of friends is also very important because you can have different perspectives. And that's what I like. Like, I don't have one type of friends. It gives me, um, I like being with many different people. And also the other thing that keeps me sane, I would say. <laughs> And then I think it's also museums and all of these kind of like uh, historical things. I, I love being involved with that also, seeing different perspectives. Throughout your career, what do you think is the best piece of advice you have received? Well, I mean, I think the best one when I was starting this, my own independent consultancy is like, uh, this is going to be a roller coaster. So you have to have a thick skin. That's what they told me. And I think they were right. I think they were totally right. It is super fun to be on your own and do certain things on your own. But I think you have to really be okay with any kind of uncertainty. And I think uncertainty is very important to be okay with. Uh, otherwise, it becomes so uncontrollable. You mentioned that you grew up in Turkey. What sort of A-levels or the equivalent did you study? And if you were to go back, would you change any of them to help your career? I studied science even though my science grades were really low. In Turkey, it's a little bit different system. It was either you choose science and math or math and literature or just literature. I think you don't even choose just literature. I think it was impossible, at least in my time. So I don't know what's going on right now. It's always changing. And you will take a huge one exam and then that takes you to another big exam. I wouldn't change anything. I loved being in the laboratory. I loved seriously playing with different kind of experimenting and exploring things i loved all of that so i wouldn't change i just would change the system that's a bit hard but i would change the system because it was <laughs> brutal so do you have any advice for our age group on burnout or revising and especially because we're in exam season at the moment do you have any advice i mean it's very hard when you are in the exam period especially when you are wanting to do something really so much i, I would say just focus on your mission and do not compare yourself with the others. Uh, I'm going to give it an example. When you're rowing, I don't know if you ever rowed, but when you're rowing, you shouldn't be looking at the other boat because then you are going to lose your focus and then it's going to be a, like a complete mess. So it's so much better to keep yourself almost focused on your own mission. And in between, I would say, do something, have fun, like even five minutes. 
something really fun. Give yourself that kind of flexibility. Try to laugh a lot so that you are actually not too much breaking yourself because I know it's mentally, it's very hard, but I think, and you should trust yourself. And also, you know, life is so changeable. It's uh, it's transitioning all the time. So you should, like, when you focus on only one thing and you think that's the, that's the whole life, it's it's so easy to break. So just know that this is one step. Do you have any other recommendations for authors or books or TV shows maybe for our age group? Do you know Rollo May? No. no. So Rollo May has this the Brave to be Creative. No, um, what was it? I think Brave to be Creative. Something like that. But have a look at it, Rollo May. And it's beautiful because it does talk about despite being scared of doing something, you should still do it. And that was my almost Bible for a very long time. I really loved reading it. I read it in Turkish, but I do have it in English also. So I'm trying to, I have to go back and read it again. I think that was my best book ever. And then the other one is, you can read Ways of Seeing. That is also a great book. It will give you a different perspective of how to see things. Of course, it's usually given to us as designers and we had to read it. And I think it's a really great book to read also. I mean, I love play and I am sure you are interested in play. So I would recommend it's a little bit different book. Nothing. It's not going to help you with your you know, studies. But Huizinga is a homo ludens and it talks about play in general. So you are going to learn a lot about play. And it's not just talking about children's play. It's talking about political play, the strategy, you know, all of these different things. I think it will give you a, a very different perspective. I wish I read it when I was younger, like much younger. I read it only 10 years ago. I, I use a lot of Instagram, but I use it only for, for example, I have an Instagram account for uh, Yeshim's Play. <laughs> That's what I call it. And I'm only putting my watercolor drawings and I'm only following watercolors. That's all, like all the people who are artists. So I'm not watching, like, you know, following my friends or anything like that. It's only for me for inspiration reasons. So I created that for me to get all the time something interesting that's going to give me a, a new perspective. So whatever is your interest, try to almost create a whole support system all around that. So it will inspire you and it will guide you in a way because there are so many amazing people out there and you can follow them now. These days, I'm talking to Ursula Le Guin in my mind. <laughs> I love her mind, I think. I'm reading her uh, memoirs, so it's quite interesting to read them and articles while she had written. You know, I'm kind of having conversations in my mind with her. So that's one person, definitely. And then if I have to go in very personal, I think, you know, you get inspired from your own family, definitely. So my grandmother was very much in love with nature. And I think her enthusiasm of life actually gave me this kind of space that I have to enjoy and have fun and be open to curiosity. And then my mom actually gave me space to explore. She didn't limit me. And her best two friends actually inspired me because one of them is an architect and then the other one is a psychologist. So I kind of get very much inspired by them. So that's what I would say. They were very much my inspirations. 
So yeah, Ursula Le Guin is uh, she's an author and she does write about speculative fiction. So it's like a science fiction and all of that. I think she's the you know mother of all of them. I would say she's so amazing, and um, I have to read most of her books still. Uh, but I'm just learning about her and her life and also her family. Quite interesting because they're anthropologists and amazing, really. How she gets her inspiration. And how she writes about the science fiction is quite remarkable because it's not really disconnected from the reality. It's actually the way she kind of creates the metaphors and writes about them. You learn so much about it. So for that reason, I think she's a very interesting person to read. I would highly recommend. What advice would you have given to your 16-year-old self while you were trying to pursue this career? My 16-year-old self was much more wiser than me right now. (laughs) (laughs) She was writing letters to myself now, actually. I must have some of the unopened letters. I was writing to my future self. I was writing millions of letters to everything that what I should be and how I should be doing everything. So she was really like a very wise person. (laughs) Um, I I might maybe say to her, don't beat up yourself too much. That's what I would say, because you compare yourself with other people. So the reason is that I had ADHD and I wasn't diagnosed at that time. So I was doing a lot of mistakes and I wasn't sure that I can actually, I mean, actually also there were other things like some people did tell me that I didn't have any science, scientific mind that I wouldn't be able to do it. So what I would say for that girl is like do not listen to anyone even though if they are very 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 close to you and it's sometimes they are also adults but they are also trying to grow up (laughs) so sometimes they might make a mistake as well so just follow your heart really i would that's what i would say and actually she did follow her heart so for that reason i'm grateful with my 16 year old thank you for joining another stem untapped podcast If you know of a school or group of students that would like to interview female STEM role models, do get in touch. Likewise, if you know of anyone who would be a great female STEM role model, please do let us know. Our details are all documented in the show notes.